At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Santa. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after a very frustrating, heartbreaking, disappointing, whatever you want to call it, loss for Charlotte last night. Hornets dropped their seventh consecutive game and fell 117 to 112 in overtime to Miami yesterday. And, and if case you were watching the Panthers game last night and you happen to not be tuned into the Hornets game, we will have you covered with this full breakdown. We'll also provide you with our silver linings, of course. And in case of all of the chaos going on yesterday here in the Queen City, you missed out on the announcement in the morning. The Hornets debuted their brand new City Edition jerseys for the 2022-2023 season. Of course, we'll get into that, what they look like, when you can see them in action here at the Hive, and when you can expect to get your hands on a couple of them because they are really, really sharp looking. These are going to fly off the shelves pretty quickly. Helping me on this endeavor that we call the Hornets Hivecast, it is the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. He is with me once again on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, thanks so much for joining me here. We're working you to the bone a little bit, especially after last night's game. We got you on the first night of a back-to-back. We got you on the second night of a back-to-back. And uh, this one's going to be a lot to talk about, maybe a little bit more than the Portland game on Wednesday. Well, thank you for having me. And you know I'm always happy to be on. I got nothing else going on. I kind of, you know, once mid-October rolls around, this is kind of it for me. So thank you for having me. Again, you are right. There's going to be a lot to talk about in this one. Some good and, unfortunately, some... Uh, not so good, but let's get to it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just dive right into this one. The Hornets trailed it 32-27 to after the first quarter. Kelly Oubre had a 10-point quarter in the first frame. He played really, really well last night. Of course, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Charlotte just could not really get a whole lot going. In the second quarter, they did have an 11-0 run. It was an extended 18-7 run, but then the Heat were able to pick up four points late in the second quarter to take a 58-50 lead going into the locker room as Kelly Oubre had 19 points for the Hornets. Terry Rozier was also in double figures with 12, and it was Duncan Robinson leading the way at that point for Miami with 11 points. And I say that because then we go to the third quarter, Things got a little bit sideways. The Hornets, it felt like this one was starting to slip a little bit. Trailed it by 12, just two minutes into the third quarter. Charlotte had to burn a challenge because of a foul that was kind of one of those ones where Kelly Oubre was straight up and down. The Hornets end up winning the challenge, and it felt like it was at the right time just because of the way that the momentum was going in favor of Miami. Hornets just needed a stop. They did get the call overturned, but Miami won the jump ball at midcourt and then come back the other way and end up scoring on the possession anyways, but it did give a little bit of momentum moving forward, and it did take a foul away from Kelly Oubre, which ended up being very important down the stretch. Then we go a little bit later into the third frame. The Hornets were able to cut the deficit to three with about 3.43 left to go. The Hornets went on a 16-5 run, but in that quarter, Jimmy Butler had 13 points. 11 of them came 
from the free throw line as Miami still outscored Charlotte 27 to 23 in the stanza and led it 85 to 73. So the Hornets go into the fourth quarter, they're trailing by 12, and Charlotte comes out firing. 11-2 run, extended to a 27-9 run. The Hornets were clicking on all cylinders. At one point, with just a little bit under four minutes of playing regulation, Charlotte was 10-15 for 15 from the field in the quarter, and all five of those misses were from three-point land. So then we get it a little bit later into the fourth quarter. The Hornets let it down the stretch. Miami comes back, takes a 104-102 lead with 36 seconds to go. Dennis Smith Jr. then drives on the ensuing possession and ties it at 104 And this is where things got really crazy. So Miami has possession with 26 seconds to go. So in theory, the Hornets will have the last shot. Miami calls the timeout to advance the ball. Then the Heat call another timeout because they didn't like the inbounds. They could have gotten the inbounds in, but the Hornets ended up doubling Jimmy Butler, who, of course, they were going to double at this point of the game. So Miami is out of timeouts on this possession. Jimmy Butler gets the ball. He drives down and he pushes off. Ontario Rozier gets the call. And Eric Spolstra, you could tell on the broadcast, wanted to challenge and could not because he was out of timeout. So Hornets get one look at it at the end of the game with about 15 seconds left. Terry Rozier had to put up a contested three. It went off the back of the iron, no good. So we go to overtime tied at 104. This is where things got even a little bit more crazier. Hornets come down the stretch. It is a 113-112 Miami lead with 14 seconds. So I know we kind of skipped a little bit there, but Kelly Oubre gets the inbounds and according to the officials, switches his pivot foot and is called for a travel. So the Hornets had an opportunity with about 15 seconds left in the game to hold for the final shot, trailing by one and the opportunity essentially taken away from them because of a turnover, which was an issue for the Hornets the entire night. Miami comes down, hits a couple of free throws, and the Heat go on to win it 117-112 to 112 as Kelly Oubre goes for a season-high 29 points. Jimmy Butler also had a season-high 35 in the win for the Heat. So, Sam, I know I covered a ton of ground there. I guess we can kind of rewind this back to the second half where things started to get a little sideways as the Hornets were able to cut into that deficit erase an entire 12-point disadvantage in the fourth quarter. They outscored Miami 31-19 to in the fourth quarter and then just kind of heartbreaking fashion in overtime to lose that one. Yeah, a lot to unpack in this one, and, and I kind of I'll rewind it a little bit more. I think going into that third quarter, they were down 15 at one point, got it to three, broke the lineup, 11-2 run by Miami to close the fourth quarter, and then it's like all that energy used to kind of get back into it, you had to do that again in the fourth quarter. They did a really good job. I mean, they started the fourth on that 25-8 to eight run, got up by five, became a back-and-forth game, but obviously we'll get to the travel in a second. But I kind of look back at that fourth quarter, and they had, a, and I'm kind of looking back at the play-by-play. I mean, they had a two-point lead with about 130, 140 left. Uh, Dennis missed a three-pointer, got the rebound. Kelly had a really good look at a straightaway three-pointer, missed that. He'd been hot all night, so... No problems with them taking that. I mean, if they had just hit that one of those threes, the five-point lead with about 120 left, maybe that's kind of the difference. I think that would have been that would have really swung it. But again, you can kind of go back and look at a ton of different plays. The Terry Rozier shot at the end of the fourth quarter. Caleb Martin played some really good defense. Maybe could he drive there? You never know. I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020. But yeah, for the travel, I think the travel is going to get the attention because it's the one that kind of it's kind of uh, something you don't really see at that point of the game. You know, Hornets were down one, and I watched it one time, and it's kind of the, the phrase, it is what it is. You know, it, it's a tough break. It's, you know, you don't usually see that particular call made in that particular point of the game in a one-possession game, because that essentially decided the game. I mean, it's just, 
it's just not something you see very often. Whether it's right or wrong, it's just not something you see very often. So it's a tough one because I thought the Hornets played really well in this one, given the circumstances they've kind of been dealing with all the injuries on a back-to-back and traveling and everything. But turnovers were kind of an issue the whole night. They missed some free throws, eight free throws, uh, 30 Miami points off turnovers. So they put themselves in position to win, and these are the tough ones because you just couldn't finish it off. So they get another crack at them on, uh, on tomorrow night. So hopefully they can bounce back. So before I get to my thoughts on that travel at the end of the game, I want to let you guys hear what Kelly Oubre said after the game. It gets a little ambiguous at the end, but you kind of get the gist of it. Here is what Kelly said after last night's loss. You know, I saw 10 players on the court, three referees, and, uh, you know, obviously the referees seen something I didn't, but not saying that, you know, they weren't they were wrong or anything, but at the end of the day, it's very selective, you know, from, my experience being in the NBA, in the society as a whole, I just feel as if, like, when an individual or a team is down, you know, they are sharks, you know, on the prowl trying to, you know, eat the weak. And tonight, you know, I feel as if, you know, we were the weak. So we've got to continue to just fight through it, you know, focus on ourselves. Pretty much like Bruce said, be like water, man. We can't control things we can't control. So Kelly gets a little philosophical there at the end, but the thing that stood out to me in that little part of the quote was when he said, in my experience in the NBA, that's not called. And I've watched it. I've gone back. I've looked at it by the rule book. It is a travel. Kelly gathered, established his right foot as the pivot foot, moved his left foot, and then as he was about to start his dribble, he moved his right foot again. So by the letter of the law, it is a travel. However, at that juncture of the game, there is 14 seconds on the clock. The Hornets are down by one. That infraction by Kelly, he is not advancing the ball. He is not gaining an advantage. He is turning his body to the rim, and he is 35 feet away from the basket. I understand that's the call, and I understand that's the right call, Sam, but how many times have we seen other players like a Jimmy Butler not have that called on them? And I'm not saying that stars get preferential treatment, but at that point of the game, I don't know if Jimmy Butler would have gotten a call or some other superstar would have gotten that call against them. Although I will say I was a little surprised that Jimmy Butler was called for that push off at the end of regulation. So, I mean, maybe the Hornets got that call in a sense, but it was the right call at that time as well. Basically what I'm saying here, Sam, is Jimmy Butler probably doesn't have that called against them, but at the same time, Jimmy Butler's not in that situation because he went to the free throw line 15 times last night. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole bunch of stuff and it kind of got, I definitely agree that it was a travel, but off the top of my head, I can think of two examples in the last week. And I, I don't want to, I think we're both kind of in agreement. We don't want to make this about the It, it was not egregious. Let's just leave it at that. It was a not an egregious travel. Yeah. It was very it, subtle. There's so many things that come in the course of a game. I mean, there were shots that could have made, you know, plays here and there. I mean, any number of things happen another way. A shot goes in or a rebound goes in or a non-foul call somewhere along the line. This is an entirely different, you know, way this game plays out. But uh, last week, the Miami Heat, uh, perfect example. They had a game-winning three-pointer from Tyler Hero against the Sacramento Kings, tie game in the closing seconds, traveled on the two-minute report the next day. Didn't call it in the time. Steph Curry, uh, when the Hornets were playing the Warriors a couple weeks ago, on his final shot of the fourth quarter, traveled. Didn't make the shot. Hornets were ended up winning in overtime, too. So I get what I, – I totally understand sort of the letter of the law that, yes, it is a travel. I have never seen that called in that particular scenario, in that particular moment, with that kind of – one-point game in overtime after everything that happened. I mean, it's a really, really big call to make in that moment. Not saying it's wrong, not saying it was right. I'm just saying I have – it's just – 
you know, I think Kelly kind of used the word selective. I think that's a good word for it. It's just selective. It's just something that in that moment you just don't see often. Me personally, I've just, I don't think I've ever seen it. Just gearing up for a final possession. And it's really, really, uh, I think Eric said on the, another good term, Eric Collins said on the broadcast, it's splitting hairs. I mean, it's really, really splitting hairs. So, again, it is what it is. It was a travel, but it's just not something that is really consistently called in that particular situation. And to take it one step further, there were several selective calls, if you want to say it, throughout the course of the game. There were a couple of block charges that could have been, we'll call them 50-50. We'll leave it at that. A couple of other things, too, is when I go back and I think about these late-game situations, there was one last week where the Sacramento Kings had a chance at a last-second shot, and Kevin Herter ended up being fouled by Clay Thompson. I know we're comparing apples and oranges a little bit here, but in a two-minute report the following day, they did say that Kevin Herter was fouled, Clay Thompson did impede his shot, and Kevin Herter should have went to the line for three free throws at the end of the game. So, again, there's that, and I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory, but there's always that topic brought up that stars get preferential treatment in the NBA. Last night's game certainly did not help against that argument, and I will just leave it at that because we've got a lot to talk about on the Hornet Tivecast. We could talk about this for probably an hour and a half, Sam, if we really wanted to, but we got other stuff to to talk about we got bigger fish to fry yes we'll we'll have the uh the two-hour extended version we'll go frame by frame of the travel call and we'll, and we'll call in sam farber from miami for that one i know he'd, be, he'd love to jump on and we can give that kind of a uh, deluxe extended version of this particular podcast we'll, we'll call joking, it yeah, well we'll call it the producer's cut and we'll leave it at that but we'll go ahead and shelf this one we'll at least shelf this argument here moving forward as the hornets fall last night 117 to 112 and are now three and ten on the season but there was a lot to like in that comeback attempt again hornets were down 15 at one point so a lot of silver linings in this one a lot of frustration of course though but we're going to go ahead and look at the positives that comes your way next here on the hornets Hivecast, brought to you by senta cataracts made it hard to see clearly even movies were blurry so i went to charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Parley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Senta. Hornets fall last night 117-112 to 112 in South Beach against Miami Heat. The good news, though, is the Hornets can have some redemption tomorrow night against the Miami Heat. It will be an 8 o'clock tip on the Hornets radio network as they get set for that rematch. But in the meantime, we still have a little bit to talk about after last night's game. This is our Silver Linings portion of the podcast. If you're new, in a loss, Sam and I highlight the Silver Linings, kind of our top player to look at who really kind of shouldered the load or at least made a very valiant effort in the loss. So as always, I will defer to Sam. Who is your silver lining pick from last night's game? I'm going to go with Kelly Oubre. New season high, 29 points, hit seven threes, really kind of kept the Hornets within striking distance in that second quarter and third quarter, hit a lot of big shots, had seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, also had a block shot. Thought it was really, really good. I, you know, I don't think this is about him making the travel at the end I, I think it's something that is just kind of one of those tough luck things I don't think there's any sort of like blame being put on Kelly for the end there because I don't think that's the situation I think it's kind of a bigger just curiosity of why that was called in that moment but I thought Kelly was really really good I think the Hornets offense outside of the turnovers had one of its best outings in a while during this streak so it was good to see him get going hopefully this is a kind of a sign that he gets 
things moving as they wait out these injuries uh, and wait for Gordon and LaMelo and that crew to come back. Oubre, shot for three. Yes, sir! Rip the net cord. Kelly Oubre Jr., his seventh three of the game. Hornets lead 109-106. Without Kelly Oubre, that travel is non-existent because the Hornets are not in this game. He, Like you mentioned, he had that season high last night, 29 points, 11-20 from the field, 7-13 from beyond the arc, seven rebounds in there as well, and he played with five fouls for the final four minutes and 17 seconds of overtime, had to play some pretty clean defense in that extra period as well. So Kelly Oubre is certainly a promising fit and a promising silver lining from last night's loss. For me, I'm going to go with the guy that without him, the game would not have gone to overtime, and that is Dennis Smith Jr. DSJ attacking, gets to the rim, up in the lefty lane, it's good, and we're tied. Dennis Smith Jr. with a dozen Timeout Miami, 26.5 seconds remaining, and we're all even at 104. Great penetration there by Dennis Smith Jr. DSJ was really good down the stretch last night. He had a dunk that put up the Hornets by four late in the fourth quarter. Again, the Hornets just could not hang on, but then he had that driving layup to make it a tie game at 104 with 26 seconds left. The bad news, though, for Dennis Smith Jr. was he ended up leaving the game not even 45 seconds into the overtime period because there was a little bit of a jump pass he had to get to get out of trouble on the sideline, and he stepped on someone's ankle, rolled his left ankle, and immediately left the game. We'll see what his status looks like for tomorrow's contest. Again, he rolled his ankle last week as well, so the Hornets just cannot get any luck. Might have to put moon boots on some of these players just to protect the ankles or something because it seems like rolled ankle after rolled ankle so far for Charlotte. But DSJ, really promising last night. He finished a plus 10 and a plus minus. That was the highest plus minus of anybody on the floor last night as he goes 6-9 from the field. He was over 3 beyond the arc. Anything inside the arc he was good with, and then he ended up with 8 assists as well and only turned the ball over twice. The other person that I looked at yesterday too was Mason Plumley. Kind of a notable silver lining. 13 points, 15 rebounds for a double-double, so half off your Domino's order again today as well. And before we get into our third segment, our final segment here, I wanted to play this quote by Steve Clifford because this kind of sums up where the team is right now. He was asked this after the game about what this game meant. Again, No Cody Martin, no LaMelo Ball, no Gordon Hayward. Second night of a back-to-back with travel included after a loss the other night against Portland as well. The deck was stacked against the Hornets, and here's what Steve Clifford said after the game. I think this says everything about our team to me. I mean, to lose a game like that last night, get in here late. They were rested. They're very good playing in their their, uh, home arena. Our guys played uh, a really, really good game, so... We get a couple breaks, things go our way a little bit differently in overtime. It would have been a really good win. But it says everything about the character of our team. Oh, by the way, the Hornets are flying into the middle of a hurricane last night as well. So not the easiest of flights and travel after a loss against Portland here at the Hive on Wednesday night. So, But again, Sam, I think this is one of those games where all things considered in the heat of the moment, we're frustrated, we're angry, we're upset. But at the end of the day, this was quite the effort from the Hornets when it was all said and done, trying to erase a 15-point deficit against a really good Miami team of years past. Yeah, and I think from kind of, I think I speak for both of us, is sort of like the fan perspective in us, like it hurts a little bit more. If you see the way the game was kind of trending going into the fourth quarter, would it have been less emotionally painful if they just kind of, you know, drifted away and lost by 12 or 15 points there in the fourth quarter? Probably, and just kind of, you know, push this one off into the distance and then, then focus on Saturday and to kind of get right back into it, have a chance to win and miss a couple shots and then have some bad luck. Uh, it really, really stings. You know, you, you want to kind of end this streak so badly. And, you know, if they played the way they did 
last night Miami against Portland, maybe they win that Portland game. Maybe they win that Sacramento game or the Washington game. So it's a tough one, but this is what you want to see. You want to see a team that continues to battle, that's playing hard. They're down guys right now. The schedule's been really tough. This streak right now is not because for any apathetic or don't care or not good enough kind of reasons. It's not because they're not trying. It's just, it's tough. It's tough to win games. It's tough to do it consistently. And they're just kind of going through a tough stretch right now where there's been a lot of bad luck with the injuries, with, you know, games, calls, rough shooting nights, things like that. So, but this is, they're playing the right way. It's going to come around. Just got to be patient. But I like what I'm seeing outside of obviously we want to see some more wins but i think those are coming sooner than later hopefully they come tomorrow as the hornets take on the miami heat sam farber will have your game preview of that one but still one segment to go here on today's edition of the hornets hivecast charlotte with some fresh new unis and they are beautiful we're going to talk about them next here on a hornets hivecast brought to you by senta hornets fans it's time to get some new gear the best selection of new and classic hornets apparel is at the hornets fan shop now with new extended hours Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Rob Longo and Sam Perley putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. And Sam, we got to talk about the latest release that came yesterday morning as the Hornets revealed their 2022-2023 Nike NBA City Edition uniforms. And these are some buttes. Kind of brings back the ones from two years ago. Remember the quote-unquote COVID season where unfortunately not a lot of Hornets fans were able to get to see them in person. It's going to bring back the mint, the gold, and the granite. And it's a little bit of an update here this season as well. Instead of having the CHA across the chest, it is the CLT for the first time in franchise history. Those are going to be the abbreviations for the Hornets, which is something very synonymous to Charlotte considering it's the airport code. A lot of fans have been clamoring over the past several years that they prefer the CLT abbreviation than the CHA. I like both i think they both look really good gold lettering gold numbers on the front of the jersey gonna have some gold pinstripes against the granite a little bit as well and the attention is really in the details here as well because when you look at the pinstripes they look like minted coins going down there's a little bit of separation between them to kind of give a ode to the mint that was here that created the banking boom of Charlotte that really put this city on the map. So I just cannot get over how pretty these jerseys are. I mean, I don't think you can get much better than this. I thought that the mint jerseys from two seasons ago were really good, but these might even beat them. Yeah, I think this is my uh, my favorite version of jerseys in a while. And I really like those mint ones too. And then had the year off last year, or at least didn't go with the mint again because they were doing with the 75th anniversary mixtape versions. But I think the black with the gold and, and teal trim or mint trim on it is it's just really, really sharp. Something about the black, the all black with, you know, the gold and mint highlighting it just, I don't know, it just looks really, really sharp. And uh, I think it's really awesome. The NBA has been so forthcoming with how flexible and open they've been to some of these city edition uniforms and really telling stories about the teams and the cities they, bel- they belong to and the cultures and uh, environments around them and it, it's cool to kind of see some different jerseys around the league and oh wow that one looks really funky and then you you learn a different story about it and it's like okay that's really really cool that's got the same kind of meaning as this mint jersey has here for us so I think the NBA has done a great job of kind of really embracing that storytelling element and doing some really cool 
unique design stuff around the league and uh, I just think it's awesome. It's There's been a ton of cool jerseys. And personally, of course, I'm going to say I think this one is the best. Certainly gives a run for its money. And even the, the basketball court itself is really cool. Has that hexagon Buzz City logo at center court, again, that we saw two seasons ago. The traditional painted area is black on the court. The mint is going to be on pretty much everywhere else inside the three-point arc. It's going to be your basic standard floor elsewhere. On the baselines, it's going to say Charlotte, let's fly. One end is going to be in gold. The other side is going to be in mint. Trade on one side, try on on the other side, and it meets in the middle for a gold C. It's going to be some really good stuff. The first time that you can check it out in person is going to be Friday, November 25th. That's Black Friday. That's going to be a 5 p.m. tip against the Minnesota Timberwolves here at Spectrum Center. There are also going to be some other games on the docket as well. Monday, January 2nd against the Lakers. Wednesday, March 1st against the Phoenix Suns. Sunday, March 26th against Luka and the Dallas Mavs. And the final home game of the regular season on Friday, April 7th against the Rockets is going to be a quote-unquote minted matchup as well. We're going to have several minted matchups that will feature City Edition-themed giveaways. We're going to have some T-shirts on the 25th, a crossbody bag on March 26th, a reversible bucket hat for the final game of the year. It's just going to be some really cool stuff. Of course, you can get the CLT minted mini plan with tickets to all 10 of those games starting at just $29 per game on average in the Uptown Concourse. You can call 704-HORNETS or email tickets at hornets.com and then you can get your single game tickets of course on hornets.com or through the hornets app as well and one more little exercise before we go here sam that i wanted to touch on is i'm not sure if you got a chance to look at all of the other city edition jerseys there's a couple of good ones out there as well 29 of the 30 teams have city edition jerseys so far utah is the only team that does not i'm not sure what the reason is behind it i thought in my mind it was because well utah represents the entire state but then i looked again and the minnesota timberwolves have city edition jerseys as well so it can't be that i'm assuming it's maybe because utah did their whole uniform makeover this offseason and got those new unis so they just kind of slid back and did not get a city edition jersey this year some of the other good ones out there as i take a look across the ones that i really like the houston rockets one kind of brings back that 1990s feel with the navy blue and the pinstripes in there as well new orleans pelicans have an interesting one it's a purple jersey and kind of has the mardi gras green and yellow stripes horizontal going across it as well Toronto brought back the gold jerseys. They're okay. San Antonio's are a little funky, but they did bring back the mid-90s All-Star game look to them a little bit as well with that bright blue on there. And then Detroit is an interesting one that I found as I as I found the backstory to it. It's a green jersey. It pays an ode to St. Cecilia's, which is a location in Detroit where a lot of players and a lot of pickup games took place in the city and kind of embodies that basketball culture of the city. And all in all, I look at all of these, I still think Charlotte has the best one. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Uh, and I think some of the ones that really stood out to me, and uh, I'm interested to kind of dive into the backstories of why they went this particular route or what the deal with that one is. I like that Spurs one with the all mint. Portland took an interesting twist. They've got a black one with like a, a teal diagonal, almost looks like a sash going across. And I actually learned from Maggie Yang, who used to work for the Hornets, as uh, now they're um, communications in the Trailblazers that it is symbolic of the something with the carpet in the airport at Portland and it's like some famous carpet that people take photos on and it's something that people in Portland have really wanted to incorporate in New Jersey so it's, it's crazy how some of the backstories are are so unique and original like that 
Uh, I like the Thunder one. looks pretty good. It's like a navy blue with blue, royal blue lettering and, and red stripes on the side. We did a good job of kind of describing these without having the pictures to see. But uh, if anybody wants to Google them or go to the NBA website, I'm sure they're all on there. Go to different team sites. They've, everyone's got kind of cool photos and, and release videos and things like that. I thought Denver's looks pretty sharp with the white and red trim on it. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm partial to teal, though. I like, you know, the Spurs, the, the Blazers. I think Phoenix has kind of a cool one with a tealish all teal, almost blue with orange trim too. So go check it out. Really, really cool thing that MB does every year and kind of giving teams a lot of creativity and freedom to express themselves in a really, really sometimes outside the box manner. Definitely cool to kind of fall down the rabbit hole. I'm sure I'll do that later on. But with that said, these are some some gorgeous jerseys that the Hornets put out. The granite, the gold, the mint, it just looks so good. Be sure to keep your eyes peeled on the Hornets fan shop to make sure you get your jersey because they're going to fly off the shelves, like I said. And if you want to check them out in person again, Black Friday is the first day that you can check them out. That is November 25th, a 5 p.m. showdown against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it'll be an interesting matchup, too. Minnesota's an intriguing team, especially with guys like Anthony Edwards, the acquisition of Rudy Gobert this year, and then Carl Anthony Towns is always an interesting matchup with that said. So that'll do it for today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Again, Sam Farber will be back tomorrow in the host chair to get you set for part two of Hornets versus Heat in South Beach, 8 o'clock airtime tomorrow night. In the meantime, for Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying so long, and we'll see you here once again tomorrow on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.